It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. Hi there, you're listening to Royals, the only podcast that goes behind the walls of Buckingham Palace. I'm your host for today, Zoe Burrell, and I'm a writer about all things royal at New Idea Magazine. And I'm Angela Mollard. I'm a journalist, author, commentator, and royal expert. And today we're bringing you a special podcast to catch you up on everything the Queen said in her recent coronavirus speech. I'm speaking to you at what I know is an increasingly challenging time, a time of disruption in the life of our country, a disruption that has brought grief to some, financial difficulties to many, and enormous changes to the daily lives of us all. Wasn't it lovely? Did you watch it? It was, yes. I watched it this morning, first thing when I got up. (laughs) Yeah, no, look, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And look, I've read all the commentary around the globe this morning on it. And everyone's saying the same thing, that she absolutely nailed it. The tone of it was perfect. It was nostalgic, yet it was really modern. It was uh, garnering people together, galvanising them, and yet it still had that sort of regal sense that the monarchy uh, imparts. It, it gave a sense of constancy and security and stability. It, absolutely astonishing. 523 words it was. I love. I wasn't like, counting. <laughs> I'm there for the details. I love the way that people in Britain took photographs of themselves watching the Queen's speech and and sort of uh, social media has gone nuts with people showing photos of themselves watching it, which was really lovely. But I think one of the interesting things, Zoe, was how it was actually, well, actually, let's first talk about what she said. So Yes, let's let's dive in. (laughs) What did you like about it? Oh, look, I mean, I just loved that she looked so calm, so stoic. And just, I feel really appealed to the people. I thought so too. I thought it was a it was a speech for young and old. It was a speech for right now, and it was a speech for the past. Um, look, I love the fact that she evoked the spirit of the Blitz. You know, during the war, she um, mentioned that she and her sister, in fact, exactly eighty years ago. So, can you believe eighty years ago she gave her first? speech as a little girl aged 14 she was trying to calm other children during the war that had been sent away from London she and her sister did it together and she mentioned that speech in fact that was the only other member of the royal family that she mentioned Uh, I like the way that right at the end she said you know we should take comfort that while we may have still more to endure better days will return we will be with our friends again we will be with our families again we will meet again. And, of course, those are the famous words of Dame Vera Lynn, who was uh, turned 103 last month. So, uh, you know, she was one of the poster girls of, of the war. And I thought it was lovely that the Queen invoked that. Look, it was one of those speeches that thanked people, that thanked the nurses, that thanked, you know, not directly, but made uh, a point of recognising those people like supermarket workers who are doing so much at the moment. She recognised that it was a time of disruption and of grief. 
She wanted to thank people that were staying at home. Uh, she went on to say that, you know, we will remember these this year as a year in which we came together. She recognised the Commonwealth. She talked about heartwarming stories of people delivering food parcels and medicines and checking on neighbours. She actually acknowledged that self-isolation is hard. And though self-isolating may at times be hard, many people of all faiths and of none are discovering that it presents an opportunity to slow down, pause and reflect in prayer or meditation. She talked about faith, uh, but not just one faith. She recognised that some people, for them, faith was meditation. Uh, and she basically said, you know, we will get through this, that, you know, that using the great advances of science and our instinctive compassion to heal, we will succeed, and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. Um, and uh, I, thought, I thought it was absolutely lovely. The situation around actually recording it was interesting. It was a sole cameraman wearing latex gloves and surgical masks. It was uh, uh, someone from the BBC. He was more than two metres away and the rest of the technical team were actually in another room. All wow, that's so fascinating because I was going to say it doesn't look like your Zoom meeting that everyone's doing. No. It looked very professional. <laughs> it did, didn't it? And it, look, it took place in uh, the white drawing room at Windsor Castle. And what I thought was also very interesting is that there were no sort of family photos around. It was just uh, some flowers there you know, very straightforward. It was a it was a message that where nothing was done to detract. In fact, Buckingham Palace didn't even release any details about her dress, her necklace, the beautiful brooch she wore. I mean she wore that gorgeous green emerald dress. But there were no details published about that. You know, what they were trying to do was very much focus on the speech and the messages of the speech rather than the decoration and detail around it. But yes, the um, the conditions in which it was recorded was not at all like a Zoom meeting. We had nice clear <laughs> Uh, the Queen looked very calm. She had her hands sort of folded in her lap throughout. And I think also, Zoe, it's, it's important to mention the timing of this speech. So there was, you know, negotiation between uh, the palace and, of course, Downing Street. Uh, we know that the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, about the same time that the speech was being delivered, was uh, he was taken to hospital. He's still suffering from coronavirus and those symptoms have, if not worsened, they've obviously, they continue to be problematic. So... Um, the timing of it was discussed with the government. There was a uh, thought that it should be done at Easter, but of course Easter is representative of a religious holiday and the Queen wanted it to be at a time that spoke to everybody. Sunday night in the UK at 6pm, I think the timing was perfect. Prince Charles and of course Prince William have already given speeches, uh, but people were waiting for the Queen and it's not common for her to give a speech. No, well, isn't this only the fifth time she's given an address like this? That's right, Zoe. This is only the fifth time that she has addressed the nation, other than, of course, her Christmas addresses, which she does every year. The other times were when it was her uh, Diamond Jubilee message in June 2012. She gave a speech to mark the fact that she was deeply touched by the nation uh, celebrating the 60th anniversary of her accession to the throne. She also did a speech uh, on the death Queen Mother in April 2002. She spoke about her mother who'd lived uh, to the age of 101. She talked about this extraordinary century that she had lived and her the fact it wasn't without trials and sorrows. Of course, she very memorably spoke on the death of Princess Diana on in September 1997. This was uh, the evening before Diana's uh, funeral. This was a speech that was much um, 
much needed at the time. I was living in the UK at the time and there had been um, a good week of consternation from the public towards the monarchy and their lack of um, compassion really and empathy. And that speech was the speech where she said she was speaking as your queen and as a grandmother. That as a grandmother, of course, was added by the government at the time. That was their suggestion that she she put that in. And then the last time, the fourth time, um, other than the, the one she's just given, is the during the first uh, World Gulf War in February 1991. She addressed the world as they went to war in Iraq. And, you know, again, it was a historic speech. I thought what was really interesting about her speech around coronavirus is that it invoked her father's speech, the King's speech in 1939. Of course, there's that famous movie about the King's speech. Oh, yes, I love that movie. (laughs) How difficult it was for him to speak because, you know, he had the stutter and he had to have, he had to learn how to speak. Now, she obviously has no such concerns, but I loved that it was evocative of that. There were references to the war, to the blitz and, you know, something that she had 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 gone through before. Yeah, I found it really fascinating. And as you say, having only given four other addresses like this, I think I was talking to my boyfriend this morning. I'm like, this is actually a really big deal when we were watching it. I know. And I think, you know, the thing about the Queen is that we, she is a symbol of duty and she has the ability to harness that duty in the rest of us. And I, I think the timing in the UK, you know, the, the number of um, deaths has, has been accelerating there as Spain and Italy are, are starting to sort of show some signs of, of, of tapering. Um, Britain is still the fear that it, you know, it still has the worst ahead of them. I think her, her timing is extraordinary and smart, you know, really, really smart to have done it then. I also think, you know, this is a woman that also lived in Windsor. She was sent to Windsor um, as a young girl when the uh, World War II was happening. And her mother, um, the Queen Mother, who we were just talking about, one of her speeches, was her mother was very happy when Buckingham Palace had been bombed in 1940. And she said at the time that she was, you know, she was glad it had been bombed because she could look the East End in the face. And that meant that she, she could look at other classes in the UK and, um, and, and sort of know how they felt she could connect with them because it had happened to her family um, and I think this was very much at the heart of the Queen's message is that you know this is happening to all of us and you know while the Queen has lovely you know meals brought to her and we know that she's in lockdown with Angela Kelly her dresser who's a, a you know a single woman in her 50s who's been with her for you know couple of decades and is you know it was great fun I mean I've read her book on on how um, on her stories of, of of working for the queen and, and uh, looking after her wardrobe and she sounds like she's you know lovely gorgeous you know happy woman I think that the queen those those relationships are very important to her because of course at the moment she can't spend any time with her family we know Prince Charles is in Scotland the um, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge are of course in at, at Anne Hall in Norfolk so the, the royal family is very separate, like the rest of us at the moment. Yeah, well, and as we know, coronavirus obviously doesn't pick and choose, as we've seen Prince Charles also be diagnosed with it. So it is something that hits very close to home to them as well. That's right. It, you're right, Zoe. Of course, you know, the great worry is that the Queen at 93, or in fact the Duke of Edinburgh at 98, are incredibly vulnerable, older people, hence the, the great care that was taken and making sure that the cameraman was dressed in protective gear. I also meant to, meant to mention that um, 
apparently all the lighting um, and sound equipment was put into uh, Windsor Castle the day before, so it was set up in the room, and then palace staff went over it with disinfectant themselves. Oh. Had to be left there for twenty four hours while they went, you know, with their um, with their jiffy cloths over it um, before the queen entered the room. So uh, yeah, no um, no stone was left unturned in making sure that this was a, a very um, uh, healthy and uh, sanitized area for her to give her speech. What would you? What do you think was your favorite line of it? Oh, well, I was just thinking about that. I really liked that reference that you mentioned earlier to Vera Lynn. I thought that was just so emotive. Mm, I thought that was lovely too. My favourite was the, the the line about that the attributes of self-discipline, of quiet, good, hot, humid resolve and of fellow feeling still characterise this country. And I'm sure she means the rest of the world by that. But I love mm. those. Um, I love those words, that fellow feeling, which is basically, you know, a, a sense of taking care of others around you. And what was, you know, what I really liked about that was that the Queen could have actually been describing herself, that those attributes of self-discipline, of quiet, good, humid resolve and fellow feeling are really what has characterised her very long reign. Uh, it, it was a it was a gorgeous line and it, it, to me it really summed up the, the, the tone of the speech. Yes, I agree with you there. Well, it certainly was a history-making morning this morning, wasn't it? It was, and people have, some commentators have been comparing some of the lines in it to um, Winston Churchill's addresses. So to be compared to that kind of statesman uh, in terms of rhetoric, I think it's, um, it, you know, she's done an extraordinary job. And, and as I say, all the commentary around it this morning is that she absolutely nailed it. Apparently wrote it herself, uh, had a um, had Prince Charles and Downing Street look over it, but it was largely unchanged. Um, so, you know, she really does know how to write a good speech, doesn't she? And oh, wow. At a time. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk again soon, Zoe. Hopefully yes. most members of the royal family will uh, fall from this, um, this disease and I'll let you get back to your WFH. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Zoe. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And, of course, don't forget to pick up a copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.